I fought a fight in what to teach tonight. The pastor, he never has these problems. Bracken, he never has these problems, but I have these problems. Because when I start studying on something, it gets bigger than me. I know I'm big, but it does. It gets bigger than me. But that's what the Word of God does. As you allow the Word of God to grow in you, it expands you. I'm not talking about physical, but I'm talking about spiritual. God wants to move us to places that we've never been before. I think about serving God, the most important thing for me in serving God is the places that God takes us. We don't plan it. We don't always understand it. But God has a plan to take us to higher ground, if I can use that terminology. And I, I really believe we're living in a time and age that higher ground is very, very important. Okay, here it goes. I'm watching the clock, Pastor. It's 7-11. I hate that clock up there. I, I just want you to know that straight out. I just hate clocks in church, especially if I'm preaching. Somebody else preaching? Ah, I don't care. But see, that door's open. Now I see another clock over that way. I may have to teach like this. Oh. Okay. The title, if I had a title for the study tonight, would be Tune In. We bought, or my grandson bought me, one of those little Midland storm radios. Have you seen them? They're about this big, about that, for Christmas. We got a storm cell in the back. We live in a mobile home, a modular. How's that? It had wheels on it at one time, so to me it's mobile. And I told my wife when we bought it, I says, when we buy this, we're going to put a storm cellar in the first thing we do. So we did. So my grandson, they lived for a while, lived close to us, and whenever there was a tornado, they would come over, and he'd knock on a cellar door, and we'd open it, and it's just a small cellar, you know, seven by five. It ain't a big one, but there's only two of us and two dogs. But in, in that radio... It'll work in a storm cellar. It's a metal storm cellar. It'll work. And you tune it in or you just hit the button and it'll give you tornado alert, tornado alert. Salisol, three miles, heading northwest, heading southeast. So you're down there in his cellar and you think, northeast that way, southeast. So maybe it's going to miss us. We've been in the thing. We've lived there six years. We've been in the cellar five times. And we get wetter going from the house into the cellar and coming back into the house than staying in the cellar. <laughs> so the title that I've got with this is Tune In. The nature of revelation. I'm going to talk about revelation and how important it is. Revelation opens, opens us up to a new realm of living, of possibilities, of faith. It is absolutely impossible to live a normal Christian life without receiving regular, regular revelation from God. Someone need to say amen because that's really a good deal right there. If you're not receiving from the Word of God frequently revelation, it's going to be a struggle for you to walk the Christian life. And for years I said, well, you know, I got saved, my wife got saved, the whole family got saved, and we've been doing this for 35 years, 40 years, and why are people having such a hard time with it? And I came after all these years believing the point that it's because they're not getting any revelation. If you're not being stirred in your spirit, if you're not being lifted up, then something's wrong. Either you're hearing, 
or the enemy has attacked you, the way you live. There's a lot of possibilities. So tonight I want to talk about how important revelation is. And, and this, this, I got these made up. And I got to thinking about, I was talking with a man this week and he says, well, just what is the will of God? I love it when they give me that voice, don't you? What is the will of God? What does God want me to do? I said, you got a couple hours? He's no, you got to tell me quickly. What does God want me to do? I said, first thing he wants you to do, he wants you to give your life to him. Well, I did when I was six years old. How old are you now? 65. What happened between the five and 65? He said, a lot of ugly stuff. I said, you pretty ugly right now, brother. He laughed. He says, yeah, yeah, I guess I am. I've had a hard life. Well, my question to you, do you want to keep that hard life or do you want a better life? You're telling me, you're going to tell me that if I give my life to Jesus, my life's going to get better? Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And if you continue to receive revelation, it's going to get gooder and gooder and gooder. I know that may not be good English for some of you, but it works for me. Amen. Lady from Oklahoma, she knows it. So, the Bible does not say that people are perished because of the lack of miracles. The Bible doesn't say people perish because of the lack of money. The Bible doesn't say lack of relationship. The Bible doesn't say because of a bad worship leader. Now, Pastor, I had this next part in here just for you, so I live, I'm going to leave it out. Uh, are an insufficient nursery staff. That's not why people are, are being destroyed. Hosea put it this way. My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. A lack of knowledge. Understanding things. Getting a hold of what thus saith God. What's God's will. And too many Christians are asking this. Well, what is God's will for my life? What does God want me to do? Just go to church, sing three songs, sit down. They take my money and leave. I said, well, that's part of the things that God wants you to do. But that's just a small part. So anyway... This man that I was talking to, and he's in his pickup, and I'm standing out in the hot sun. I said, you want to come in the house? No, I want to talk right here. I talked to him two hours, standing by his truck in the hot sun, sweat running down me, and he's got the blower on his air conditioning. That's wrong. Someone should say right now, amen. But the other side of the coin was, is that he was hungry for something that he didn't have. And the seeds were planted in front of my house on the road while he said in an air-conditioned car. That's persecution. That's given it all. My people are destroyed from the lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I will also reject you from being a priest for me. That's what God's saying. Because you have forgot the law of God, I will also forget your children. That's pretty serious stuff. Now, when we think about that, it's one thing for sin to lie in my house, on me. But it's another stuff where my sin overflows to the other, to children or other people that's in the house or, or other people around me. There's a danger in the church world that we are not letting the will of God move in our life and control our life so that we are a living epistle, that we're walking 
in this position as an upright position and said, oh, poor me. Poor me. I got this. I got that. I got this. Poor me. I, I can't find anywhere in the Bible that talks about poor me. Can you? All I see in the Bible, he came that we might have life and have it abundantly. We need to understand that. We need to grab a hold of that. I am not to always walk in self-pity. I think self-pity is one of the worst things there is out there because it's only the word of God that's going to remove you from that self-pity spirit. Nothing else works. Family don't work. Oh, no, you didn't have to go through that. You didn't have that. No, no, you're not that bad. Uh, It's the spirit of God working in you to counteract self-pity. How many fought self-pity before? Absolutely. It's a hard sucker to get away from, isn't it? It'll chase you down. It'll give you nightmares. Proverbs 18 chapter, uh, 29th chapter, 18th verse, I'm sorry. Where there's no revelation, people cast off restraint. But happy is he who keeps the law. In other words, there's provision or there's a blessing if we understand what this is saying and we keep getting revelation knowledge. Um, my wife got a new car a few weeks ago. And it's not new, but it's, it's new to us, right? And it's got all these gadgets. I mean, it's got more gadgets. You get too close to the yellow line, and it'll beep. You get too close to the right line, and it'll beep. If, if you're going over speed limit, it beeps. How it knows what speed limit we're going, I don't know. But it's got all these gadgets on it, and I, and I got to thinking. It's going to take us five years to learn how to operate this car. And she says, "Hun, we're smarter than that. I said, are we? The only way we say how much, many miles per gallon we're getting is when we turn it off, it comes on the dash. But there's an app in that thing that you can hook and tell how many miles per gallon you're going. Now, is that important? It is important. If, if, that's right. I just talked to my uh, niece who lives in Tracy, California. And, and brother, you'd be glad that you're not out that way anymore. They're paying almost $6 a gallon of gas. See, my wife was going to make a trip. Her and my sister-in-law was going to make a trip out there to see family. And she says, she got off the phone and she says, $6 a gallon? Yeah, we're getting 32 miles to the gallon, but that's $6. That's $6 is going, going to cost. So she said, we need to return. Revelation is essential to our lives that without it, we perish. It would be nice to have a nice pill and take it once a day and say, oh, that's all I need. I found out something very important in my life. I have to have a lot of this. I have to have a lot of this. And by having to have a lot of this, I have to make myself available to have a lot of this. Because with a lot of this, I get revelation. You know what revelation does? It gives me instructions. It gives me knowledge. It encourages me. It lifts me up. When the worship leader is bad, I can still handle it. When the preaching is bad, I can still have So, without revelation, 
godly knowledge always growing on the inside of us, we're handicapped. The church is handicapped. Uh, I don't know what you think about the COVID-19 and all that junk that came up. I really believe that the church should have raised up a standard against it and kicked it out of our country and off, off planet Earth. I believe it was a device of the devil because that's what he does. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus says, I come to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. If you notice, I'm hooked on the word abundantly. I just like that big word. You know, Abundantly sounds good. Self-pity don't sound good. When we practice saying what God says about us, it does something to move us to a higher ground or a more, I don't like the word piece of ground. Or, uh, I'll just say higher ground. It just moves us to places that we need to be. How many have been moved to places that you wanted to be? And you've been moved to places that you didn't want to be. And you've been moved to places that you're asking God, why? Why am I here? Revelation. It's God's will for you and I to walk in revelation. It's God's will for this church to be full. It's God's will for the youth department to be full. It's God's will for this church to be a church of revelation. Understanding and knowledge of what God is saying in this time and this day. I want to, this next sentence that I'm going to read to you is, I guess, really one of the most important part of this study tonight. Without seeing your present circumstances through God's eyes, you will spiritually die. Wow. In Ephesians, Paul put it this way, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom... And, what's the word? Revelation. In the knowledge of him. What's Paul saying to Ephesians? What's he saying to us? When you read the word, do you take it personally or what do you do with it? When you read the word, you don't get to preach now. When you read the word, what do you do? What does it do to you? Tells you what you need to do. When you read the word, what does it do to you? Gives you knowledge, okay? Tony, what's your name? Tony, when you read the word, man, these are new people, Pastor. I don't want to run them off. They've just been here a couple of times. Okay. Sis, when you read the word, what does it do for you? Shows love. Sis, I pick on everybody so you don't worry about it. When you read the word of God, what does it show you? Louder, louder, louder. Okay. Pastor, when you read the word, uh-oh, I got him now, see? Yes. Ooh, that's good. He's good. The title I had was to tune in. One of the things I think the church needs to work at, work at, put some energy in, is to tune in to what God's word is saying to them today. We can always look back and say, this happened, that happened, this happened, this took place. But if we stay back there long enough, it'll hold us prison, as prisoners, physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. If God's word is true, and he said he came to give us life, come to give it abundantly, 
then I have no business living back there. I need one amen out of that because that was the best thing this whole time. I have no reason to live back there if God has a future for me now. I'm believing, now this is me. I'll get, a, I'll get a that a boy from the pastor later on about this. I believe that God has got not only provision for this church, but he's got people that's going to be coming to this church to help this church go forward in the name of Jesus. I believe the day is going to come that these seats are going to be full, and we're going to have to pull all the ones that are stacked back there up. Come on. The Bible says this, is call those things which are not as if they are. And what I'm calling is the house of God be full. That this be the best hospital in town. That we take care of demons. That we take care of lack of understanding. Many times people are in bondage because they just have a lack of understanding. They think God is mean. He does mean things. He wipes out nations. He does this. Does. They don't have an understanding that who God is and what God wants to do in their lives. I do. How about you? And I want to know more about what he wants to do. I told someone the other day, I was talking to him, and I was talking about my life. And uh, God has put me in places to speak that I had no business to be in, except God put me there. I spoke at doctor's conferences I was in a hospital industry for years. And I'd get to these places, and they'd come, and they said, Oh, Mr. Collins, we want you to speak today. Well, why didn't you call me up? Hello? Why didn't you page me? Why didn't you? Well, we just figured you'd be ready. I guess that's the old instant in-season and out-of-season kind of deal. Always ready to give forth a word. Now, it's not that Bill Collins is so smart or so educated. It's because the Spirit of God is working in Bill Collins to do the impossible, just like he wants to do in each one of your lives, in your family's lives, in your neighbor's life. He wants to do the impossible. He wants to take back those that are headed to hell and put them on heaven's side. To do that, you and I have to be consistently, constantly receiving revelation from God's word. Man, I'm hating that clock more and more, Pastor. I hope it don't get blown up because of electricity. First yeah. Corinthians two fourteen says this: The nature of man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolish things for him; nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Understand that there's three of you: spirit. What else? The spirit, the man, the body. What else? We walk in the spirit. We got flesh. Right? It's that spiritual man in you that God wants to deal with so that that spiritual man can handle this physical man. Probably never heard it put that way before. But that's what God wants to do. He wants to touch your life, my life, our life, this community's life, that we follow the things of God instead of the things of the world. Mm mm mm. 1 Corinthians 2.12. 
Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Have you heard it said before, there's nothing free? Well, I'm just a little bit mixed up here. Because in that verse it says, has been freely given to us by God. Freely given to us. Freely. There's not a cost we could pay. There's nothing that we could do to receive this. Jesus came that we might have that life and have it more abundantly. I'm just hooked on that word abundantly lately. I just like it, I guess. Anyway, so freely you received. That kind of blows apart that every, the old terminology, well, everything has a cost associated with it. Serving God has a cost. Does serving God have a cost? They're not hearing you. Okay. I thought of this, this back to this storm radio that my grandson got me for Christmas. If God is speaking on the FM radio and we're on AM... We're not going to hear. And that was good. Just like that says, girl from Oklahoma, isn't that good? Yeah. Okay. See, there's not a lot of people here, so I get to pick on everybody. Okay. So if God is speaking on FM and we're on AM, what are we to do? Now, I just talked about cost. Okay, did I have it backwards? He's speaking on FM and we're on AM. So what do we do? What do we do if I want to hear about storms so that I can fight my two big dogs to try to get them in a storm cellar? They're big. What do I have to do? Change the station. Is that hard? Well, on this radio, he got me. It says, for weather alert, push this button. I don't got to worry about a station. When I grab a hold of this word, it says, just grab my word. And that's the button that brings in control. Knowledge, wisdom, revelation, understanding, direction. See, I don't believe that the church is just saying, well, I don't know what we're going to do about this anymore. I don't know what we're going to do about that stage anymore. Well, there's going to come a point we've got to know what we're going to do with this stage. It's ugly right now. Someone say amen. This man over here, he said, Bill, you made all the holes you want to make. I'm going to bring some sheetrock and cover those holes. He's tired of looking at it. In the Word of God is designed that you and I can walk in victory. How much can we walk in victory? Explain. The more that we are in tune with God's, God's will for us and less in tune with our own desires, the, the quicker we get victory. Okay. Did you like that? Oh, he, you got to say it all over again now. <laughs> 
the more we are in tune with what God wants for our lives to give us the victory, the sooner we will hit victory, but only by going by his direction and not our own. Walk in victory. I guess if I had a, a verse, a single verse tonight, that kind of sums all this up. Pastor, I just hate your clocks. Okay. In 1 Corinthians, the second chapter, the ninth verse says this. But it's written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man, the things, everybody say things, which God has prepared for those who love him. What things has God prepared for you? What things has God prepared for you? Everything for you. Where you live, you need everything prepared for you, don't you, sis? Top of that mountain up there, huh? What's God prepared for you? Grace. Ooh, that's good. She's getting really spiritual on me. What's, Pastor, what's God prepared for you? Life. Sir, what's God prepared for you? Love. Okay. Sis, what's God prepared for you? Everything. Man, she covered it all. You didn't want to make no mistakes. You get an A. We can't have no stealing in this church. But, 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 but you know, that's good because what you're t- saying, there's enough for everybody. What she said, what she said, what he said. Is, in other words, there's more than enough to handle whatever need I may have. And I don't know what God can do if I don't have revelation from God and from his word, from his man of God, from study, from preaching, from spending time before God. See, I think we don't spend enough time to get enough revelation to get us out of the mud hole. I was, um, several years ago, we had a friend putting a roof on their house. And I'm old, but this couple was older than me. And they said, it's going to come to rain. So they had all the roof tore off. And he, the, the guy said, well, I'm going to do all this work myself, put this roof. Okay. But the rain was coming, so his son-in-law called me and called a bunch of men from the church. So we took this 100-foot by 100-foot tarp. Maybe it wasn't that big, but it seems like that big. And we stretched it over the roof. Just the rafters showing, sheet rock below us. We stretched that all over across that roof to keep the rain out. It was an instantaneous church party. So... One part was double back. And so me being the brave guy I used to be, I shimmied up these trusses, or joices. The top one's a joist, the bottom's a truss, huh? Yeah, okay. I shimmied up there to reach over to untangle the tarp on one part. That's all we liked, we could, and we were ready to tie it down. And it came around, drizzle started coming. Do you know what this queen is like? When it's raining. Slick ain't the word. Slick is not the word. And I was probably at the peak of the roof, which is probably 40 foot up. 
because they added another story on it, and I was up there. So I'm sliding. I'm grabbing. I'm trying to stop myself because I knew it was a long ways down, and there wasn't enough water to land in that I was going to break stuff. So I'm sliding. I'm going this. One of the guys standing says, well, why don't you stop sliding? I said, I'd love to stop sliding, but I can't grab anything. I said, why don't you reach out and grab me? He said, I can't reach you either. You'll pull me down. So much for brotherly love, huh? So I'm sliding off this roof on this bisqueen. And I, I was going down about six foot, man. I went, Shh. And I said, Jesus, help! You know what happened? I stopped. I stopped sliding, and there was another 12 foot on that rafter that I could have slid. And I stopped. I mean, I just stopped. I can't tell you what I grabbed hold of. I can't tell you anything. It was about 6.30 at night, almost dark, 30, and I couldn't stop, but I stopped when I said, Jesus, help me. And I just reached over to the next rafter, scooted over there, reached over the next one. Next thing you know, I'm standing in a safe position. Well, this brother in the Lord, who was dumber than dirt, he's just a dummy, he said, I think you used the Lord's name in vain. I said, really? Were you the one sliding off the roof? No, but I think you shouldn't have said Jesus like that. Buddy, when I'm in trouble, I'm going to say Jesus every way I can say it. Because it was a long ways down. Now, I'm not telling you that to say, oh, how spiritual you was. No, I was trying to save my life. I didn't want to break anything because everything I got is important to me. May not be to everybody else, but sliding off that roof. And, of course, the other guys from the church are standing around there. And they're saying, I've never seen Jesus act so fast. Now, hear me. I can honestly tell you I've seen Jesus act that fast because I've done it over and over. Not slide off roofs. But I've been in those predicaments or those situations that I needed Jesus to activate and move on my behalf. And guess what he did? Every time he did. I'm going to tell you one more story. I'm going to have to go on with this week after next. He teaches next Wednesday night, so you need to come back in two weeks. No, you need to come back next week and hear him. But come back and hear the rest of the story. Every Wednesday. I uh, was the director of engineering at a hospital. We had a lot of construction going on at the hospital. This is in, in Mountain View, California. Uh, El Camino Hospital, big hospital. And my nighttime engineer called me up and he said, Bill, we got water in the basement, sub-basement. So I said, call the administrator on duty, call the chief of nursing, get these people, get them coming here. Call four or five of guys and call them, get, call the police and call the fire department. I'm coming. I was 30 minutes away. I got there, and sure enough, a pipe had broke a 12-inch water line that was going through the tunnel, broke, and there was like eight inches of water in the tunnel. Now, this tunnel had an old generator, a locomotive generator, that when they first built the hospital was down there. They never took it out, hadn't used it in years. So I told this, my nighttime engineer, said, I'm going to go down and see how far the water is before we blow something up. He says, okay. 
So I'm walking down there, and I get from here to the pastor. 12,000 volts in the switchgear. This four. I had brand new red wing boots. Anybody know about red wing boots? They were like brand new. I mean like a day or two old. Had them on there. And I stepped on a floor drain. The 12,000 volts was traveling on the top of the six to eight inches of water. And when I stepped on that floor drain, I got hit by 12,000 volts. See, I used to be six foot tall. No. My hair started turning gray at that point. I turned and I said, oh, Jesus. And I hit the floor in that water. And my nighttime engineer, Gene, followed me down there. And he couldn't move me. So he called. There's another young man we had working on the other side of the hospital. Called him. Well, the fire department and the police department wouldn't let him come down. Because there's oil floating in the, in the basement about this time. So the kid went up, went around, come around the other way, and went down to where I was. He, the kid put his hands on my leg, and he got third-degree burns. I'm not telling you a story I heard about. I was there. When I say that Jesus and the revelation and the knowledge that you got, he's faithful to his word. He will keep you. So then they took a wooden chair, knocked my foot off the drain, the drain, and they drug me over to the fireman, and the fireman took one step off of a step, picked me up, carried me up. That was Friday morning at 4.30. I did not wake up until 10.30 Monday morning. The surgeon wanted to give me a shot that puts me in a coma, and my wife was there, and the waiting room was full of church people praying. Now hear me. If there's ever a reason to be involved in a church that prays, this was one reason. They had 45 people in the waiting room. Those that came to see Mr. Collins, would you please go to this room? And then they say, those that are going to see Mr. Collins, would you go to this room? 45 people in there praying. My wife said this. She told the surgeon this. She says, you don't do nothing to him until you ask me first. And I tell you to do it or not. And the surgeon said this. He said, I'll do what I want. She said, you won't do what you want. You'll do what I tell you to do. And so, here, I, here I'm out. Didn't know any of this stuff was going on. People are praying. There's a prayer meeting going on at El Camino Hospital, Mountain View, California, for Bill Collins. Are you listening to me? Somewhere down my life, I got revelation knowledge. My wife got revelation knowledge. She understood that God's a healer. God's the provider. He's the protector. All my vital signs were there, but I wasn't awake for three days. Monday at 1030 in the morning, I opened my eyes and I said, where in the world am I? My wife said, well, you know, you just got hit by 12,000 volts. So where am I? <laughs> now, I want to finish this story up, then I'm going to let you go. Now we're going to pray. We had a meeting. You know how they have meetings, all the hospital? I shut down the hospital. When I got hit with 12,000 volts, it burned a bus duck in two. We had three generators on, on site. All three generators stalled. 
the power coming off the pole had three fuses and all three fuses blown because of me. You know, dynamite comes in small packages. Someone say amen about the part small. Okay. Here I am. And we're at this table and the psychiatrist is there and there's all these people from the hospital. So old Gene was a Navy guy. Anybody know how Navy guys are? They're rough, they're tough, and they don't talk very nice. So Gene's sitting by me. So the psychiatrist says, well, we're going to get this out and open. We're going to talk about this. And if you ever need any help, if you have any nightmares or anything coming up, you come to me and the hospital will cover the cost and we'll talk about it. So Gene, big old beer belly, big, leans back in his chair like this. He says, well, the way I see it is the devil tried to kill Bill and God said no. Are you listening? And the psychiatrist looked around the table, looked at him, and says, okay, we're closing this. We're done. Not another person, not even me, was asked any questions at that point. Now, why did I say that? I said, because God was in control. God handled it. Don't think for a minute if an issue raises up in your life that God can't handle it because he's more than enough. He wants to. He desires to. He wants to be your heavenly father. And all fathers wants to protect their kids and provide for their kids and teach their kids. That's who I am. That's who I am. Other than living, no one's deal I didn't like about the whole deal, this kid that got burnt, the third degree burns on his hand, he got two-week paid vacation to Hawaii. I got to go home Monday and come back to work on Tuesday. Raw deal, huh? No, I'm still alive. Hair turned a little gray quicker. But God is God. And I'm going to tell you that over and over again. God is God. He will never leave you or forsake you. He's faithful. He loves you. And church, he's not going to leave this church. Are you, are you listening to me? We may be few now, but we're going to be many some real soon. That's the prophetic word of God that's in me. I just see it. I just see these chairs filled. I don't know what you see, but I see them full. People from Oklahoma, people from all over. We'll take them. We don't care. Bring them in. Bring the lame in. I, I can, can I tell you what else I see? I see people sick and people crippled getting up out of their wheelchair being healed. Families that's been torn apart back together again because of this corona junk. I believe that we're living in the last days and God is ready to pour out his spirit on those that wants it. So if you need revelation, you ask. You seek. You knock. You don't understand something? Seek. Knock. Ask. Call a pastor off. Call a pastor and say, Pastor, I don't understand this. He knows everything. He knows it all. So call him up. Ask him. It don't make no difference how stupid or dumb it sounds. Ask him, and he'll give you an answer. Right? Are you saying? But 
I'm saying this because we're in need of tuning in to the revelation and it makes a difference how old you are, how long you've been in the way. I mean, been, been served, been saved, served, been saved. It makes no difference what your background is. God has newness of life for us, and I believe it's every day. Every day. I got up the other morning. I thought it was cool outside, so I went out to mow the lawn. Dumb as dirt. That's just dumb. Even though it was a riding mower, it was dumb. And my wife comes out in a little bit with a glass of tea, and she says, you want this tea? And she's going like that. And I said, yes, I do. She says, you're going to have to come in the house and cool off. Because I don't want to take you to the hospital because you have a heat stroke. I'm not having a heat stroke. It's 97 degrees out there, and you're riding a lawnmower. Sometimes our wives, our husband, our pastors, our teachers have the right advice for us. Amen? Okay, I've only got five more pages. But I'm going to stop because of the clock. I want us to pray for, is her name Kathy? Kathy and her husband. A couple in our church... uh, she fell off the porch and broke both legs. Um, she's in St. John's Hospital in Tulsa up there. So we want to pray for her and lift her up. Any prayer requests? Okay. Sis, anything you know? You knew I was going to do this, right? My husband's having some surgery the 25th. It's just a, a small... Yeah, but he'll be in the hospital for probably a couple of days. Okay. What's his first name? Jim. Jim. Okay. Prayer request? A better job. Okay. We're going to pray for a better job. Sir.